So let's get into it. So uh, this is my 16th week talking about spiritual gifts. So for the uh, sake of Lucinda, spiritual gifts are, you know, the move, you know, when God kind of inspires you, you know, to do something that's beyond your mind, right? And uh, they are, in the Bible, based on the text we are following, there are nice kind of specific ways that God can, through his spirit, inspire you to be a blessing to other people. So that ability to heal, that ability to pray in a different tongue, that ability to give somebody a word of prophecy, that ability to, uh, which other one is that, to, to foretell about the future of a person, those abilities, you know, as you are enabled by the Holy Ghost, is called spiritual gifts. Amen. So we we'll turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 7, no, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, from verse 7, and we see what the spiritual gifts are. Amen. Sorry, guys. Uh, let me just put this one here for me. Right. So, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. No, not that one. Yeah. Do, do. Now, so let's start from verse 7. So, uh, let me. Let me read the TPT. I haven't read this before in, in the Passion Translation, but let me, let's see how you read it. Maybe it will be more of an English than uh, archaic English, <laughs> old style of English. So it says, Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation, revelation knowledge. And to another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healings. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift of the sand where the Spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking with different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gifts of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates this gift as it chooses for each believer. So let me read the more familiar version. Nick and James, this is going to be quicker. Watch this. All right, it reads, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another uh, descending of Spirit, to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. So, uh, as I was going through the list, we, there was, uh, in verse 10, there is a spiritual gift called prophecy. And that's what we're talking about today. The spiritual gift of prophecy. Amen. Uh, this is going to be one of my most exciting topics. Uh, so, guys, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, do you guys got popcorn, popcorn yet? Yeah, not yet. Okay, because you're going to watch some drama this morning. Uh, right, I'm just trying to get, get back into my uh, notes. What's happening? Okay, got it. Okay. <clears throat> My, I think my stuff is getting updated at the moment, so I'll just leave it while it does that. 
Now, prophecy is a supernatural utterance. When you speak something out of, uh, not from your mind, but as you are inspired by the Holy Ghost. And this is when you speak God's mind to, you know, to someone, in a sense. So I'm trying to take it from the normal, familiar terms of prophecy before I get into how the Bible describes it. So prophecy is when you are inspired by the Holy Ghost and you, make, you speak things to build someone up, to edify them or to comfort them. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. So now I'm giving us the definition of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy. I would like you guys to just take your time and just slowly go with me on this journey while I explain these things. The reason why this topic is one of the most crucial topics every believer must understand is because a lot of Christians have been abused today. Many of them have lost their marriages because of the so-called prophecy. And many Christians today are living from prophecy to prophecy. Many Christians don't even know what prophecy is. And um, even uh, sorcerers, tarot cards readers, and all kind of stuff will speak into people's lives. And because they, you know, they don't have foreknowledge, I mean, prior knowledge of one area or the other in your life, but what they say about you is correct. You think they must be connected to God. But many of them are operating with demons. Right. So, because of the abuse, even many pastors and preachers and prophets have abused this gift, and that's why we need to ensure that we, you guys understand it. Now, at the end of this teaching, which I may not finish today, at the end of this teaching, each and every one of you should be able to um, identify true prophecy and false prophecy. I repeat, so end goal. At the end of this teaching, Every one of you must be, will be able or should be able to identify or recognize true prophecy or false prophecy. If you don't know how to differentiate between the two, anyone can molest you, they can cheat you, they can, you know, they can, they can harm you because you think what they said is from God. Amen. So, prophecy, let's, 1 Corinthians 14, let us read 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 14. Now, so I'm reading the New King James Version. It reads, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, that is to people, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 2, we, we, we can talk more about that in the future. Verse 3 reads, but he who prophesies speaks edification. Edification means to build. So listen, that I'm speaking to you, and the words I'm speaking to you, if they are not inspiring you, building you, making you feel better from the point of God's goodness and his love for you, I'm not prophesying. So whatever I say to you, which I say God is speaking to you, I say I'm prophesying, if it's not lifting you, healing you, strengthening you, it's not prophecy. So you go to some meetings, 
And people see all manner of stuff. And when you leave those meetings, you are feeling like you're a sinner, like nothing good can come out of you. You're feeling like you are rejected. You feel like you, you can't amount to anything. Whatever they've sent to you, spoken to you, there is no prophecy. Now, the Bible tells us that God does not condemn people. God will never say to you, you are good for nothing. God will never say to you, you are not fit for use. God will never do that. So if someone comes in the name of a Christian and what they are doing is calling out all your past and the way they call it out is such a way that it tears you down, they are not prophesying. Amen. Each time you go to church or you meet Christians, it should always be to build you up, not tear you down. So verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 14 says, for he, uh, verse 3 now, but he who prophesies speaks edification. So um, now let me say, speak to, uh, to the audience, even online audience. So if you want to prophesy, and I'm going to explain this much better later on. If you think or you, if you, think or you feel you are being inspired to prophesy, if what you are saying is not building people up, we're not talking about flirting or psyching people or making or, or motivational speaking. Can I be clear here? Motivational talks are not prophesying. Are not prophesying. When someone comes on the stage and they say, you can make it. No, you are the one. You are the greatest. You are... No, that's not prophesying. Prophesying beats you up from the point of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. So any prophesying that does not have its roots in the Bible is not prophesying. Don't forget the verse we read. Prophesying is a manifestation, is a walking of the Spirit of God. And John chapter 16, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit will not speak of himself. What he will say to you will be of God. So if, if, if someone claims to be operating by the Spirit of God, they're a man of God, a woman of God, and they're saying nonsense. They're not operating by the Spirit of God. I'm about to get to my acting. Amen. When you hear nonsense or dumb, it's because I'm getting there. Amen. Let's carry on. Uh, verse 3. And now look at watch, watch this. Speaks, prophesies, but he who prophesies, and also she. Anyone who prophesies speaks edification, exaltation, and comfort. So if someone comes around you and, it, and you are kind of distressed or in distress, if, it's so, if someone truly prophesies, whatever they say to you should, should help you out of alleviate that stress, not worsen it. Or increase it. So if anyone speaks words that takes you down, I repeat, that tears you down or takes you deeper into that problem, they are not prophesying, regardless of how accurate the information they have about your situation. It's not prophesying. Even if they call themselves a pastor, a prophet. Now, what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to strengthen you guys and train you guys to be sound Christians. Amen. Friends, you can hear God. God is your father if you're born again. You can hear God. God speaks to your heart. God loves you, cares about you. You don't need a middle man or a middle woman. In discovering your purpose, God's plan and purpose for you, you don't need someone to come and prophesy into your life about your future. If how God shows us our future, our, his purpose for our life, is true prophecy, what if the person doesn't show up? Does that mean that we are not going to know God's plan and purpose for our lives? No. Amen. So, prophecy, prophecy and prophesying. So, when you prophesy is when you speak prophecy, right? 
I said earlier on, is a supernatural utterance, supernatural speaking in a known language. When you speak God's mind, when you speak, or, before I go into God's mind and the rest, but let's start with, let's, let me stick to this verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 4, 14 yeah, yeah, first. When you speak edification, exhortation, comfort, that is prophesying. Right, uh, let me see what. So I said, edification is to lift, not to tear down. Exaltation, the Greek meaning of uh, exaltation is to kind of inspire you to, to come closer to God. Right? To invite you to God. To draw you nearer to God. So when someone comes and they speak, they charge you in such a way that it draws you nearer to God. They're exalting you. Right? But if someone speaks some things to you and makes you feel you are not worthy of God, they are doing the opposite. And that's not the spirit of God in operation. Amen. And when we talk about comfort, like I said earlier, are you in distress? Are you feeling down? If someone is prophesying by the word of God, by the spirit of God, sorry, I mean by the spirit of God, it should be alleviating that distress. Amen. So uh, for the sake of the guys who have been you know, following us on this uh, topic of spiritual gifts. And now, when I was reading 1 Corinthians 14, 12, you know, I read about word of wisdom, word of knowledge. So someone may ask a question. So what's the, is word of wisdom, which is supernatural revelation of God's plan for your life, is that not prophesying also? Word of knowledge, which is supernatural revelation of facts about the life of a person or facts in God's mind for a person, are they not prophecy? Because you see, when sometimes when people come to speak into your life, they say things about your future, God's plan for your life, or they say things about what you're going through, and you think that's prophecy. Now, the Bible clearly tells us that these are words of wisdom concerning God's plan for your life, word of knowledge, facts in God's mind for your life. This is word of knowledge. Now, the thing is, is most of the time, they, they, these things are spoken through the vehicle of prophecy. So when someone is speaking to you, watch this, edifying you, building you up, exhorting you, comforting you, many times they will be speaking God's plan for your life to comfort you, to help you understand that you are not hopeless. You have a future. God has your future taken care of. So whatever word of wisdom or word of knowledge that anyone speaks to you should still edify, should still comfort, should still exalt. So when people say things, I've seen all manner of nonsense on YouTube. Sometimes I get tired of what I see on YouTube. And that's why I, tell to, I say to new converts, new Christians, be mindful of what you expose yourself to on YouTube. You see all manner of trash on YouTube. I'll give you an example. Garbage. That's posh. That was, that, that's posh. Garbage is posh. Rubbish. Nonsense. <laughs> so this man is a popular prophet in Africa. And he walked up to this lady. He asked the lady, have you been paying your tithe? He said, no. He said, you will die. He's on YouTube. He said, you will die because you have not been paying your tithe. Yeah. And the lady was begging that she, will not, that, she, that she would not die. And all manner of evil that I see on social media, does that build her up? Does that comfort her? Does that strengthen her? No. So the man is standing as the one who can avert death over the life of this woman if she pays tithe. Come is, is a warlock. Okay, so one who's had experience with them is telling us it's a warlock. 
is a witch. So people, we have to be very, very careful. Now, because the thing is this. Um, the Bible calls something enticing words of human wisdom. So one of the things that bothers me about the body of Christ today and um, even in the church generally is how people come and speak some words, motivational words, inspiring words, and many people confuse them for gospel. And because they feel good, they make you feel better of yourself. You get inner peace, no breathing, all manner of stuff. People think, ah, this is spiritual. And many Christians consider all these funny practices as spiritual. No wonder demons are eating and having breakfast on their life, in their life. Amen. So, uh, getting back on track. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, should still, the ultimate goal should still be edify, comfort, exalt. Even if there's an evil on your way, even if there's something wrong you've done that God is calling out to someone, it will always be towards restoring you back to God. Now, if God shows a man of God or a lady or someone, a Christian, some wrongs you have done, he's not showing them so that they can condemn you or make you feel that you are a sinner. He's showing them to say, one of the reasons I believe he's showing them is to help you come back to him, not to separate you from him. Because God is always into the business of restoration. God wants to restore you to himself. God is in the business of healing. God is in the business of, of helping people, not tearing people down. Jesus did not come to declare that you are not fit for purpose. That's John 3, 17. Let me, let me quote it. He said, uh, okay, he said, for the Son of Man did not come to condemn anyone, but that the world through him might be saved. Right? Okay, let's make it more simple. Right? Jesus did not come to tell you you are not good. So if Jesus did not come out the way to die for you, to tell you that you are, not, you are good for nothing, so why should a man of God, a woman of God, who claims to be a Jesus follower do the opposite? It makes no sense. Hence, we try to help people understand who God is. Because when you understand, when you know who God is, when people are trying to distort his image, you can easily reject it. And this is one of the reasons why I'm here this Sunday, to help people better understand and know God. If someone says you need to travel to a particular conference somewhere before God can hear your prayer, is a lie. So what if due to COVID, the conference did not happen? Does that mean that you can't receive your healing? God walks with you all the time. God speaks to you even in your bed. You can talk to God on your bed. Some people think, you know, if I want to pray, I need to be... Uh, guys, watch out for my podcast because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bust some, a lot of meat and nonsense I've seen on social media. So a lady said something one day. He said, the reason why you should pray between the hours of 12 and 3. The reason why you should play, pray between the hours of 12 and 3. Now, for intelligent Christians like us, so the question, so you, they ask, uh, the hours of 12 and 3, according to which time zone? Because American time zone is different from Europe or Nigeria. So which one is God working with? So the guys in America, the guys in Nigeria, the guys in UK, so how should we coordinate ourselves so that God can hear our prayer between 12 and 3? It's insanity. And that, and that, okay, I gave her views too. The views I gave her was because I wanted to hear what she's saying 
and I can correct my people. It's nonsense. Amen. So God speaks to you. God has a relationship with you. And you can, you can develop a, an amazing relationship with the Father. He's your Father. So what I was trying to say was that sometimes people, sometimes people will say you need to be in a particular position to pray. You know, I've heard all manner of nonsense from a lot of men of God that I kind of respect. You know, one of the ways they will assess your, Christian, your Christianity is how bowed your knees are. How well have you prayed? Have you prayed crawling on your knees for certain distance? It's not true. With all due respect, when you hear the garbage that some of them say, you know that they do not know, the, they do not know God. So when did the body harm start signifying how well you, uh, the strength of your relationship with God? Amen. Praise the Lord. All those mountain encounter, going on the mountain so that the Lord can hear your prayer, you're just wasting your time. I don't like cold, right? You know, I'm a black guy, so well, they said I should call myself African, not black. Well, okay. Anyone, right? <laughs> we had this debate in my house, right? I said I'm a black man. They said, you know, oh, black is in Okay, okay. For African, all of the above. I don't like cold. You know, we were, we were born in a hot country. I, our blood is, likes warm. Not, but not as much as my wife. Pray for me that I survive today. And you tell me to go on the mountain in winter, in the cold, to go and pray on the mountain so that God can hear my prayer, so that I can freeze to death. I ain't doing it. God will hear my prayer in my room, even when I'm under my duvet. I mean it. Yes, you know, you know I say it as it is. You know, when it's winter and I'm cold, right? when I roll the duvet on my head, I can pray for two hours under my duvet, and God hears, and I receive revelation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody can say anything that I'm a lazy pastor, whatever. I'll get, I, will, I will speak from my spirit and show you the, I'll give you insight. Amen. They know themselves. Praise the Lord. They are not in church today. Praise the Lord. They don't come to this church anyway. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. So, every word anyone speaks to you about the Holy Ghost have to be for edification, comfort. Yeah. Amen. Um, so, let's carry on. So, facts about the gift of prophecy. Facts you, in, you need to bear in mind about the gift of prophecy. One, that a person prophesy does not make them a prophet. Amen. Is everything okay? Yeah. That a person prophesies does not make them a prophet. Right. Some people, because in service or God inspires them to speak a word of comfort, edification to someone, automatically they think they're a prophet. That's not true. Now, someone might have trained themselves to be quick to recognize God working in them to encourage people, but that does not make them a prophet. A prophet is someone who has a ministry gift, a calling to teach and to preach. Amen. Praise the Lord. A prophet is called into a ministry to teach and to preach. If we go to back to Ephesians 4.11, the Bible tells us that. Let's go there. Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians. Ephesians 4.11. Now look at this. Jesus speaking, uh, uh, sorry, Paul speaking. He said, and himself, talking about Jesus, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So the primary assignment 
of the prophet is to train, teach Christians, equip them, train them, develop them so that they can do what God has called them to do. They can fulfill their God-given purpose. That is the primary assignment of a prophet. And a prophet... Now, the thing is this. A prophet or someone called into the office of a prophet must be sound in teaching the word of God. Must be able to explain the word of God. So anyone, anybody who claims to be a prophet and do not understand the gospel with all due respect, no, 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 I don't need that. He's a false prophet. The prophet, a person is not called into the office of a prophet to prophesy. They are called into the office of a prophet primarily to train believers so that they can do the work of the ministry. So when you meet someone who, who claims to be a prophet and the first thing they do for you or do to you is to prophesy over their life, over your life, they don't know their job. Every of these guys are primarily called to teach, to preach, to train. Now a prophet, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, which are supernatural revelation, right? They are more freq- they, 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 they operate more frequently in this guy's office. Yes, they do, but that's not their primary assignment. Amen. So I repeat, if you meet a prophet, in quote, and the first thing they want to do is to prophesy into your life, they do not know their job, or they are not qualified to be a prophet, or they are false prophets. Now, watch this carefully. Now, a, be- a prophet is called into their office to, you know, to teach, to train believers, to equip believers. But even a new convert who just gave their life to Christ today can prophesy. Does that mean they are called to the office of a prophet? No. Because before you can op- operate in that office, you should not be a novice. You should understand the word of God. Know the gospel, the gospel truth. So that's why the fact that you can prophesy does not make you a prophet. And the fact that there's a boy, a guy in church who prophesy does not make them a prophet. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, praise the Lord. I think um, I dropped my wallet somewhere. Someone found it. Praise God. Thank, thank, thank God for restoration. I don't know how that dropped, but um, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Right. So, I repeat, that a person prophesied does not make them a prophet. The gift of the word of knowledge and word of wisdom operate on a continual basis in the ministry of a prophet. But don't forget, a prophet must know the word of God, must know the gospel. Now, let me help you a little bit to prove that. Now, still Ephesians chapter 4. Now, uh, verse 12 says, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. Can you say that again? For edifying the body of Christ, which also means no pastor should tear you down. No pastor should condemn you. No pastor should ever make you feel like you are good for nothing. Any pastor that tears people down is one of two things. is not called or do not know their job description or what they are called to do. So let's ensure that we read the Bible and understand the word of God for ourselves. Amen. Watch this. Now, these guys will continue in ministry for this. Look at this. So, till we all come, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, watch this. Now, 
a person who calls himself a prophet, if they do not understand the knowledge of the Son of God, if all they do was to prophesy, how would they help Christians to be mature? So, primarily, anyone who calls themselves a prophet must understand the word of God, must have a personal relationship with Jesus, because you cannot give what you don't have. Amen. And a prophet, to a very much extent, should be kind of mature, stable, right? Not emotional, you know, when any little thing happens, the whole church is coming down. They will condemn, they will tear people apart, they will shout on people. No, no, a prophet who... Who wants to lead other people into maturity? Not that they should be perfect or they will be perfect. None of us is perfect. But they should have some reasonable level of stability. They should be a man or a woman, a mature person. Amen. Right. And the Bible goes on here. It says, to a perfect man, uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. Watch that. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. There's a lot of deceitfulness, trickery going on in church circles today, in Christian circles today. Because many of these so-called prophets just think that all they have to do is to prophesy. But the Bible is saying that you are not called to prophesy, though you prophesy, you are called to train, to equip people to do the work of the ministry. So we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God. So there's, so there's unity in the body of Christ. Do you, know, do you know a little prophecy divides the body of Christ today? So any prophecy that divides people, that does not unite people, is not of God. No, we just need to read the Bible. Praise God. Help that helps. Let's carry on. This is going to be a miracle today that I teach one gift in one service. Now, uh, let's do this. So I'm going to come back and read about, okay, let, let me do it here so that I don't have to come back to it. Let's look at Acts chapter 21, verse 8. Acts 21, verse 8. Watch this. It says, On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Now, the Bible did not call them prophetess. He said they prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet, watch this, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns the belt, this belt and deliver him unto the hands of the Gentiles. That's a different story. But one thing I want you to clearly see there. The Bible records here that there were four girls of a man who prophesied. And just next to that, it said, Then came a man who is a prophet. The Bible did not call those girls prophetess. It said they prophesied. So the Bible also in this instance clearly differentiates that, the fact that there are people who prophesy and there are people who are prophets. So the fact that you are a new convert or you are a Christian and God tends to walk through you to edify, to build people, does not mean that you are a prophet or is called you to be a prophet. Because the working of that spiritual gift is not your working. Is the Holy Ghost walking in you. Amen. Praise God. 
Right, let's carry on. So, fact number two. You cannot switch on the gift of prophecy anytime. Some people believe they can come in. This is, this is sad. This is very, very sad. I've been to meetings whereby the pastor would preach and tell them, you can prophesy. Now, they're praying tongues and they start prophesying. And I can tell you, I've walked around some people and what they are saying is incorrect. What the people are saying to one another is incorrect. <laughs> Pastors got to learn to teach and train people gifts of the Spirit, how they operate. And not just get excited because you're operating the gift of the Spirit and you think every, every believer can just operate in it. Anyhow, they got to be educated. I used to attend a church. They would bring in balls and colors and plastic and toys and things like that. They would ask us to take one, one of them, one of them, maybe a toy, or, or pick a color, or maybe uh, a plastic with, with, a, with a specific color. And they would say, look at it, and ask what is God saying. So you, you pick that object, you look at your partner, or the person next to you, and you, you try to hear what God is saying about that person, and you call it out. That's, demo, that's diabolic. They've done it once. I was quiet. The second time they did it, and this is a, this is a gospel church, to be honest. I mean, you know, I was part of the church for some time. The next time I walked out, what about a person? A person who walked in who has never been saved, who, do, who, who does not have the Spirit of God. How would, they, how would they hear God to know what God is saying about somebody else? And where should we be using an object as a point of reference? Your mind will be involved in it. Your imagination will be involved. The state of your mind will be involved. So if you belong to a church or if you're a pastor leading a church where you do that, this is a wrong practice. You can't use an object and say God to use that object to show you something about the other person. No, the Holy Ghost is enough to inspire you to hear, to understand, and to speak God's mind for that person. And this has put a lot of people in problem because these pastors are not able to go around to hear what people say and a lot of people have snaked into the church and spoken evil into other people's lives. We got to be careful. Amen. We got to be very careful. So on that basis, a person cannot switch on the gift of prophecy. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the one who inspires people to prophesy. When you meet people, other believers, the first thing in your mind is just a fellowship to find out how are they doing and how can you be of help? How can you be a blessing? Not trying, not listening off of, hmm, what's God saying? Hmm, 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 what's God saying? I want to prophesy. No. We are called to fellowship, to be a blessing to one another. I don't, when I meet people, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not snooping, I'm not looking, looking for something, something that is eating, that is not, that is not lost. I just love people, meet people, and if the Holy Ghost quickens my heart and say, there's something about this person, I start calling it out. I had to practice how to live a normal Christian life. Where I love people, I just bless people. Some people, on sighting them, the Holy Spirit quickens my heart to say something is not right. Sometimes it gives me the information, sometimes it asks me to ask questions. Amen. I hope this is blessing you guys. On that fact is that, you know, People should not prophesy to regulate people's lives. Don't try to want to control people. And so, you, because you prophesy regularly in a sense, you then start trying to control people's lives. You say, you know what? Uh, the, the Lord is saying to me that when you wear 
blue jeans. Yeah, when you wear a blue pair of jeans, yeah, that's mm, 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 mm. what's your business with blue jeans? You know, you hear some dumb stuff like somebody someone got said to me, dumb stuff. I'm not I am not the one saying I'm quoting people. Yeah, God says that people will wear women who wear trousers will go to hell. Really? God says, you know what? Good hearings. We have a supply in the house. Good hearings or chain. They are the devil. Really? Friends, you can't really know what is in the mind of people, so you gotta be careful what you hear and what you what you, you cannot know what's in the mind of the people. That's why ensure that you hold the word of God as a standard. Stick your nose in the Bible, what the Bible says. Say, don't follow a man. Don't follow a man or a woman because of their status in the Christian in the Christendom. Whatever the accomplishment they have, they have a five thousand seater church. They have universities. They have all manner of stuff. Don't use that as a measure of success in a person's life. Elon Musk just bought Twitter for four billion dollars. Does that mean he's a he's a successful Christian? No. Don't use material things to judge the character and the, and the soundness of a believer, regardless of how old they are. You don't know what's in the mind of people. I was, at a, I was attending a minister's conference um, last week, myself and my wife, and what pastors are telling me as, as to what happens behind the scenes in, this me, in some mega churches shocks you. And a lot of people see some of these mega churches as... Um, you know, because they've been doing this for a long time. Now, this is no offense to any one of them, and I'm not calling anybody out or kind of stuff, but some, I've been part of a kind of a mega church, and I know what's happened behind the scenes. And some people, because, you know, they are popular, they, you know, some stuff, some stuff, they do some stunts. You think they're this one that mature, but it's not true. It's not true. Just go by what the Bible says. Don't go by their accomplishment. Remember, unbelievers have bigger, much bigger accomplishment. Though they attribute it to God, but does not, that does not mean that they got it through God. Get it right. I repeat. The fact that a Christian is successful does not mean that all successful Christians in material and worldly things got it from God or got it through the right way. So that's why we must, we must ensure that the word of God is our standard. We live our life as, as Christians. Just mind your own business. Know what God is calling you to do. And just give yourself to, to that. Amen. I'm going to rush a little bit here because the few points is not what I can carry to the next Sunday. So don't forget, you can switch it on whenever you like. Just have fellowship with believers. And as the Holy Spirit inspires you, just inspire people. Don't have an ulterior motive. Don't have an ulterior agenda. I'm going to come to, to that shortly. Watch this. Now, as I said, it should not be used to regulate or control people's lives. Uh, they, now, watch this. The condition of a person's heart, write this down. The condition of a person's heart, heart will affect what they prophesy. If a person is dubious, if a person is manipulative, I know manipulative Christians that 95% of their prophecy is wrong. There's a particular one that I know, and that day I also disturbed. I said, Lord, why does this person, their prophecy is always wrong? And over a period of time, God started showing me the attitude and the heart of the person. If you are manipulative and deceptive, and you have your own eating agenda, you will hear the devil very well. And you think you are hearing God, and the devil will contain you well. Amen. 
See, once you have a selfish motive, you will mishear. Write it down. If I ever have a selfish motive about anything, I will mishear. If it's not true, come back and meet me. See, I've been doing this for over 10 years. I know, and it, it is 200% tested and accurate. If you ever have selfish ambition in anything, you will mishear. You will hear yourself. And you think you hear God. And you're very confident about it. God has not called us to seek our own purpose in anything, but to seek his will and to do his will. Amen. So get that fact right, please. The condition of a person's heart will affect what they prophesy. So if you know a dubious or a manipulative sister, just don't listen to whatever they prophesy because most of the time it's wrong. Whatever they are prophesying is from their own flesh. Can I get a belief in amen? I wrote here, manipulative and deceptive people will hear wrong and speak wrongly. I've not seen anyone miss it. Even pastors, the moment they have an idea and gender in something, they will mishear, they will misspeak. Two points to go. No one is born with the gift of prophecy. There's a notorious guy in Africa, a woman, another gullible, popular pastor in Nigeria, was interviewing over on the internet. And they were, they were asking him, so how come you can prophesy? Yeah. He said, I was born with it. Jesus is Lord. You know, you know, sometimes when you, when you watch some comedy, you know, all those emotion, all those emoji and those sound effects. I was like, I don't understand. So I was born with it. So if you're born with it, where's the place of Jesus? So if, if anybody tells you they are born with the gift of prophecy, they are lying. They are, and if they are prophesying and it's true, and whatever they say is correct, in terms of revelation, not in terms of edification, comfort, they are not hearing the spirit of God. They are hearing their own spirit or strange spirit. Amen. Uh, personal prophecy. Prophecy is not the primary means by which God leads us. I repeat, prophecy is not the primary means by which God leads us. Romans 8.14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God, the Spirit of God dwells in your heart and God wants to lead you by his Spirit. Amen. Uh, call to action is this. Stick to the scriptural use of prophecy to avoid getting off on uh, doctrinal uh, ditches. Let me use that word. If you don't want to go off the cliff, uh, we'll get the prophecy, prophesying. If you don't want to be deceived, stick to what the Bible says about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so this begins to be, this is a miracle. Amen. Like one in one Sunday, I guess because of Madeline is here, right? God wants us to hear everything. Praise the Lord. All right, guys, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We bless your holy name, Lord. We thank you, Father, for 